0: Is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective hosted by Tim Allman and Jack Calaberg. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real time struggles facing the local church in a post Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time.
1: Happy day. Welcome to Lead Time. Tim Allman here with Jack Kalberg. Today, we are talking about the need to check in on your team. There's a number of leaders listening who may be saying, I don't really have a team. If you don't have a team and you're like a small pastor, you're like, I just have a part-time secretary who works with me. Please, please grab a team and go on mission with them. Jesus did not do ministry Alone. Amen. Jack, to that. He always had people who were <laughs> right. around him. Now, yeah. if you don't have staff and you have a little bit of envy, because some guys, I just wish I had more, more staff. You may need to get creative with what we're talking about today, but you need to build a team and then consistently check in on them as you give them responsibility and hopefully not just delegation, but authority to make decisions to multiply the message of Jesus based on the unique gifts within the body of Christ that he has given to them. So Jack, a number of weeks ago, you wrote a blog about checking in and you kind of made this statement that you think, and I agree with you here, that a lot of our leaders, even if they do have a paid team, say pastors, yep. senior leaders, um, or executive directors, are not very intentional about connecting, checking in at a heart level and at a very practical <clears throat> level with their with their team. Uh, why? Why is that?
2: I think this is getting into maybe a sense of complacency. So, mm. if if you're if your team is functioning, let's say you've set a bar for this is how the team needs to function. It it, it can be very tempting to say, okay, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Mm-hmm. What do I need to check in for? They're getting the job done. So uh, for a short period of time, maybe, but what happens over the long term if you really do that? What would you What would you speculate, Tim? What happens? Let's just say you assume things are going well, but you don't check in what would you expect to happen in that gap?
1: Well, you lose relationship. Right. And if relationship connection um, is not strong, when challenge comes, um, you are focused on Mm self-preservation, protection, um, insecurities pop up. So again, being on a team is all about trust, Jack. Right, right. Right. And if there's not a consistent rhythm of relationship and, and trust being built, Things will fall apart right. when uh when the proverbial you know what hits the fan, right. which hello COVID, well, which hello COVID, the last two years. Um and that's yeah. why 38% of pastors are actually contemplating getting out. Right. I, I really believe it's because they're isolated and they didn't develop the people on their right. team.
2: Well, here's the other thing, thing too, is your, Tell me what else you think. Your your team may be functioning, but are they mm-hmm. growing? That's right. Right. They're functioning, but are they growing? So yeah, they're getting their tasks done and there's no friction there with the tasks, but are they growing? Are they fulfilling their potential, the true potential of what their calling is? Are they yeah. becoming better leaders? Are they, are they growing in their faith? Um, are they getting even more mastery in their skills? Are they being trained the right way? How can you ab- absolutely know that? Are they being challenged? That's right. a good question. Yeah. Is your team being appropriately challenged? And how can you know that unless you've got an a well established rhythm of checking in?
1: Right. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna expose an elephant in the room right now, Jack. I think one of the reasons why a leader does not, say a pastor does not check in with their team and help them grow is because they're not growing. Yeah. It's because they're not learning. I have you to, can't take people no. someplace you
2: haven't been. Yeah. Who's challenging you, leader? Exactly.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. So if you're Who's not, mentoring if you're not you? in a, a mentoring relationship where either a board, a group right. of elders, right. an accountability partner right. is busting you up, Right. Who is holding you accountable for your calendar, uh, for what you're reading, mm-hmm. for how you're caring for your family. Right. If you don't have anybody checking in on you, how are you gonna check in on your team? I think, okay, I think that's it, Jack. Yeah. So before you take anybody anywhere, please, leader, pursue accountable relationships.
2: You're laughing. Exactly. No, Am no, I wrong? no, it's exactly right. Here, here's the issue. I mean, this this is this is the sad truth. A lot of our a lot of our pastors, our soul pastors, they're lone sheep. They're lone wolves out there. They they operate without accountability. And I think maybe the local church doesn't feel equipped to maintain accountability, like a proper, healthy, winsome, loving accountability that needs to happen. Every leader needs this. Every leader, yeah. if they're if they're not growing, they're declining in leadership, right? So let's let's put
1: the best construction on this now that now that we got that, my 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 uh, blood pressure went up there just for a minute, Jack, but it's coming back down. Now we're assuming that the leader is growing. Mm -hmm. They're reading. You're listening to this podcast. You believe eternities are changed when you choose to grow. So you are being developed, and now you want to set a rhythm to develop other people. What is your favorite story, Jack, in the
2: Bible uh, that gives a model of development? Exodus 18. So Exodus 18, we've got Jethro. Who's mentoring Moses, and I like to call Jethro the first leadership consultant, the first leadership mm-hmm. coach, in in the Bible. Um, I'd be curious to know if there's some even before that. Um, but this is a a story that really pops out because of it's so incredibly practical in the wisdom that's being given. Now we've got Jethro, who's a he's a priestly leader, right, and Moses, who's being chosen to. You know, he's almost this very Christ-like figure that's helping to deliver people out of uh, Egypt. And you would think, like, who is Jethro to give this advice, right? But the reality is, is that Moses desperately needed a mentor. And the story of Exodus 18 is very clear, right? Jethro comes to visit. It's a family visit. It's a reunion of sorts. And so Jethro is just very excited to see what Moses is doing. He watches Moses, and Moses goes, and he serves the people from from morning to evening, you know, just I'm envisioning this thing in my head, the way that they explain it of just like, this is nonstop just going and going and every little tiny little thing is being brought to Moses and he's got to make a decision on it and figure out a solution. And, and, and Jethro, I'm just imagining Jethro with his jaw, just kind of like, you know, what is going on? Right. So he says afterwards, like, why are you doing this? Well, they need me. They they need me to they need me to solve their problems. And then I love that what he says. What yeah. you're doing is not good. <laughs> Straightforward talk. You, this We're not is beating around not the bush. good, right? It's not good, dude. This is this is what a good a good mentor does. He's in love, and this is very mm-hmm. much a loving statement. This is not good. So what does he direct him to do? You need to develop a leadership structure, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot be. The leader, you have to be one of many leaders. You need to set up a structure where authority is given away with accountability, right, mm. given away with accountability to, to, to people so that people can care for 10, hundreds, uh, thousands, right, in levels of leadership. So what you see now is in this structure already, uh, what he's telling them is set up this leadership structure. You're going to have people who are leading others. You're going to have people who are leaders of leaders, right? This is how it works. This is how somebody um, is over a thousand is not by you directly doing this, but it's through the leaders that have been set up um, to to care for the smaller groups, right? So uh, in our context, we say it's you know, it's a, a leader, it's a coach, it's a director, it's some sort of senior executive team over the directors, right? This is the same way that the local church can scale up and and be over thousands if it needs to be. This is how you stay small and big at the same time, right? Yeah. This and this is yeah. this comes in as this wisdom. So Moses does it, and it says that it was an incredible blessing for the people of Israel. So that's the first lesson: is that there needs to be a structure that needs to be giving away. So the first thing is you have this structure. then the next thing is um, what we advise is you have to start establishing this rhythm of checking in and holding people accountable.
1: Right. So one of your one of your favorite books is The Nine Lies about Work. And um, you, there's a statement there, and this is mm-hmm. data driven, yep. that frequency trumps quality in terms of connecting with your your team because i think one of the lies would be well if i'm i got a quarterly a quarterly check-in with them and i'm gonna analyze everything they've done it's great (laughs) right kind of get feedback (laughs) and that's that's enough but that's not what the data says
2: no 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 a once a year check-in a once a quarter check-in um the frequency of check-in is much 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 more important than um the quality or the intensity of the check-in, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Uh, think about setting goals with somebody. in such a, I mean, ministry is dynamic. The workplace is dynamic. Where you live in a tech-driven world, you set goals for somebody and you expect those goals to have integrity 90 mm-hmm. days later. If that's really the environment you live in, then you probably live in one of the most static, <laughs> static industries right. I could possibly imagine right? The reality is things are changing so dynamically. So even if you want to help keep somebody accountable to performance, these goals are shifting week by week. So you have to, you have to be connected to them weekly. And the short, meaningful check-in with somebody that happens weekly is vastly better than a monthly or a quarterly check-in. Actually, the data proves it. The data from from the book, that's why I like the book so much, is data driven. I'm a big data nerd. So they actually say, if if you do, they kind of set a baseline. Here's here's a baseline where you do no check-ins, like it's just very organic or whatever. And they say, okay, if you check in weekly, you get this massive boost in productivity of your workers. What if you check in monthly? Declines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So by having this infrequent check-in, you're not helping the person. You're actually hurting them and frustrating them. It's like, why why, why are you getting in my way right now? Like you, the whole time here, you don't bother me at all, but now you're getting in my way, right? That's yeah. what the infrequent check-in does. So um,
1: 52 weekly sprints have a 13% increase in performance. Mm-hmm. So what would you say – to the pastor who says, "Well, I—I I mean, I check in with my people. I mean, I'm in the hall. I kind of see them passing by. Um, and and that's—I mean, we're we're at a good place. That's enough. What do you say to that person?"
2: Yeah, I mean, a check in is more than acknowledging that somebody exists and letting them know that you care about them. It, it's more right. than that, right?
1: So let's get let's get yeah. deep. There are five, uh, respective goals that a good consistent weekly check in should include. Yep. Go ahead and walk down that so, list.
2: So the first is, like you said, get personal. So there, that is the, if you're great at that, if you're great at kind of knowing somebody's story and kind of checking in on the, the personal things that a lot of pastors are fantastic at that, right? I have to learn how to do that, <laughs> learn how to do that yeah. and learn to be a little bit more uh, intentional with my soft skills. A lot of pastors are just in, naturally gifted at that, but get personal Talk about what's going on in a person's life. Let them know that they're a human being and not just a worker, right? That their real personal life matters to you and that 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 is part of the whole story, not just their work. Um, Then it moves on to establishing priorities. This is where it gets different, right? Um, In your weekly check-in, do you actually talk about what is urgent and important? Those are two key words. If you want to kind of establish the priorities, tell me what's urgent and important. Right. And and just to pause on that, uh, who is deciding that? You let them decide. Exactly. You So a you can lot of times a leader comes in, yeah. If they know what right. their job description is, if they know what they have authority over, and if they know what the vision of the church is, they they're always gonna nail. I mean, most of the time, ninety percent of the time, they're gonna nail these priorities and it's gonna make your life easier because they already are living in the challenge. So let them guide it. And then you can I would say for the leader is you can veto if something seems to be going off the rails, but that happens rarely. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it may happen very early in somebody's, uh, when you're setting up this rhythm it may happen early, but as you set up a rhythm, you're, you're going to have to do that very infrequently. They, they know what they need to do.
1: Exactly. So get personal. Mm-hmm. Some of those questions, um, to go back, how are you? How's your family? Yeah. How are your rhythms? Um, what's your spiritual life look like, your first morning or first hour of the morning, what, how's that how's that going? So get personal mm-hmm. and then set priorities. And then the third one is address problems. You can ask a question like, um, is there anything I can help you with? Yep. Is there a rock, I like using this language too, is there a rock that you're trying to push and you can't push on your own? You feel stuck. Let's let's talk about that. <sighs> yeah, Any yeah, other like words of word, wisdom on addressing problems? Yeah, yeah I,
2: I like to use the word bottleneck. Um, yep. W- where's the bottleneck in getting this done? Um maybe I'm the bottleneck. Maybe uh you can't move forward because I've been sitting on something and all I need to do is kind of sign the right paperwork. That happens sometimes like, oh, I'm sorry. So you have to kind of set up good trust rhythms where you can say, if I'm being a bottleneck, please 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 let me know. Send me a text, you know, uh, poke me (laughs) in the back of the head until, until I do that. Right. I, I, it's the last thing I want to do, but they need to know that, that you're there to help. Right. Um, exactly. But it, it, the the key thing is, is if you can let them though, own the problem solving process, I've been walking through this with my son right now as he's trying to improve his uh, performance in school. So mornings have become a daily check-in. And, um, the, the goal is to not be directive based, uh, or me to be the problem solver base, but to ask really good questions that help him realize for himself what is the right solutions.
1: And I think that's one of the biggest temptations uh, for the leader, and the reason they feel overwhelmed. And this gets into systems theory. You want to do their job, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna even be more pointed on it. I think you want to be God, yeah. and I think some of you guys are control freaks Pride. who. Who want to pridefully control everything that happens in in the ministry, and so giving them the expectation to solve problems in partnership with you, rather than, um, and this is one of the biggest indicators: did you hire or did you bring onto your team? And I'm I'm gonna throw out a uh, Dave Ramsey quote here, and this gets a little <laughs> crass: did you bring did you hire or bring onto your team donkeys? who needed to be pushed and prodded? Or did you bring on thoroughbreds? Right. You got thoroughbreds that are a part of it. And if you've got an yeah, an internally motivated- Sometimes you might
2: need to be pulled back a little bit because they're so well, aggressive, sure, yeah.
1: They're going, they're <laughs> going so fast. So hopefully right. you've got more thoroughbreds on your team that are pushing, they identify problems, they want to, and they really want you to, yes, not bottleneck, but get, like, create the space, create the lanes, create the structure for them to do their best work. The, that is a vibrant check-in jack
2: this gets into what you brought up create the space is the the concept of the lid john maxwell talks about you know um first first law is the lid of leadership whatever that bottleneck is whatever that lid is of the of the capacity of the organization you the leader you've established that right so all you're ever trying to do and this is built into the check-ins is you're helping them realize for themselves what they need to focus on, but you're also actively trying to understand how do I lift myself up as a lid so that I'm not bottlenecking this person.
1: That's right. Last two steps then are uh, allow them to draft a plan. Mm-hmm. probably A very active plan that yep. week. What is your plan to continue to Boom. move forward in this infinite game and then close it in prayer? So yep. to summarize, get personal establish priorities, address the problems, draft a plan that is driven by that respective teammates and then pray for them and send them off. Get it done. Go with the peace and passion of of Jesus. So I hope that was helpful for you. One, you heard us talk about, if you're not growing, please establish a growth plan, an accountability partner, a, a board, someone that's going, and some group of people who are going to be holding you accountable. Pastor, if you're not on the org chart, if you've just kind of said, this is the church's thing, I just show up and do my thing on Sunday, you're probably not listening of this because that's a lazy perspective and the days are short. People need the gospel of Jesus. So set up a team, a rhythm of weekly, not quarterly, not yearly, weekly check-ins. Get personal. Lead them to set their own priorities and off you go. It will be so much yeah. better for you. Jack, thanks for your words of wisdom around check-in today. Uh, You are a gift to the body of Christ. Please go to (laughs) UniteLeadership.org if we can care for you in any way. It's a good day. Go and make it a great day. We will see you next week on
0: Lead Time. God bless. You've been listening to Lead Time, a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC consults and brings together cohorts of congregations to build the culture, systems, and structures of intentional discipleship multiplication. To go deeper with us, create a free login on uniteleadership.org for access to exclusive materials and resources. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.